The following is a hoop ball presentation. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. I'm your host, David Williams, and this is a special edition of Hoop Ball Grizz. Coming to you, no game tonight, no preview, no nothing like that. The second half schedule dropped earlier today, and I just wanted to take a look at it. I was trying to uh, see if I couldn't get a guest to come on with me to look at the schedule. Everybody is busy, so you get me, rolling solo. Couldn't get a hold of Sammy B. This one may be short and sweet. It may be long and drawn out. We'll see how long-winded I am tonight. Second half schedule looking kind of tough for the Grizzlies, to be honest. Right now, um, with the five remaining games on the first half of the schedule and the 40 in the second half for the Grizzlies, they're setting an eighth for overall toughest schedule. Top seven remaining games, Orlando, Houston, Lakers, Minnesota, San Antonio, Portland, New Orleans, and Memphis currently eighth. It is going to be an uphill battle. What's going to happen with the Grizzlies? What are the lineups going to look like? What are the rotations going to look like? Who's playing? Who's not playing? There's a lot. There's a lot to unpack here. I will say this. With them being in the position that they're in, one game under 500 after the loss to the Mavericks the other night. They're 13-14 and 14 on the season. Currently setting... Ninth, I believe. I actually didn't have that up. I'll pull it up real quick because I want to make sure I was incorrect. They are setting in 10th place. So they are in the play-in tournament at this point. Do the Memphis Grizzlies have what it takes to remain in that play-in and possibly make the playoffs? The answer to that question is, is yes, yes they do. They have what it takes to be in the hunt for the play-in tournament, to to actually make the playoffs. They could make the play-in tournament and quite possibly win the games necessary in order to make it into the actual playoffs. Are they going to do that? That is a completely different story. I don't really know the answer to that. I will say this before we go super far into it. This season, from the word go, developmental season has been a phrase that you have heard from the front office and that we have seen watching some of these games. You see guys out there wondering what in the heck is going on. Is it tanking? Is it not tanking? I gave you all my opinion on that. If you actually did not listen to that episode, and this is your first episode, welcome. Thanks for tuning in. I don't think the Grizzlies are tanking. That's all I'm going to say. If you want to hear what I think about a little bit further, look a couple episodes back, and we have an episode where Sam and I talk about that and kind of break it down a little bit more. I do not think that they are actively tanking. I do think they are focusing on development, though. Does that mean that you lose some games against some teams or lose some games that if you play different lineups, you could possibly win? Yeah, that that's exactly what it means. It is very, very important for this Grizzlies front office and coaching staff to look at this roster and be, be able to determine who is going to fit Who's going to be there moving forward? Are they going to work with John Jaron? Are they not going to work with John Jaron? 
Is this the person that's going to give me the effort that I want to see? You know, they have certain markers, certain things that they're looking for. And, you know, all of those things are not going to be exposed for us to see it. But as a staff in the front office, you know what you're looking for. And so they're, they're building these guys. Like they're, they're building this roster and they want to see who is expendable. Is Tyus Jones expendable? Is Justice Winslow going to come in and be healthy enough and be that the second playmaker? Do you move him into the starting lineup? Do you deal Tyus Jones and let Justice Winslow be that guy? I don't know. I I really, it, it's tough to say, but these are questions that these guys have got to answer. They have to look at this and they've got to answer these questions. So Justice is going to be rusty. He hasn't played in a year. He hasn't been healthy in a year. He's going to go out there and he's going to have quite a few games here where he doesn't really look all that good because he's shaking the rust off. And as Grizzlies fans, we're going to have to endure that. Is it going to be easy? No, it's going to suck because we watched this team go on a seven-game win streak missing players, knowing full well what they're capable of. And now as they're determining, you know, here's the thing, justice comes back, lineups change, rotations change. We still have Jaron coming back, who is by all accounts expected to be back directly after this All-Star break. There's not been anything from the front office indicating this is a date that he's going to be back or anything of that nature. Peter Edmiston is Chris Harrington, sorry. You know what? I apologize. I don't it, it was one of, it was either Chris or Peter that mentioned they thought that he was not going to be back until after the All-Star break. That we'll see him after the All-Star break. So here we go. We're the Grizzlies are playing 40 games in 68 days. And according to Tankathon, they have the eighth toughest schedule. And that's that's including the five games they have before the break. Uh they have uh the Clippers twice, Washington, Milwaukee, and who is the fifth team? Well, it's not the fifth team, but the fifth game. Man, I don't know. I got to look. I forgot. I should know that. But uh, the Rockets, they have the Rockets on Sunday. Completely forgot about that game. So they have two at home against the Clippers, one against the Rockets, the Wizards, and then the Bucks. That, close out, that closes out their first half. They still have their toughest games remaining. They still have to play Utah three times. And what is a – and this is the crazy part about playing the Jazz – Jazz are the number one team in the league right now. Check out this schedule of when they play Utah. They're traveling. They uh, they play a game at home March 22nd against Boston. And then they go at Oklahoma City. And then back-to-back days, 26th and 27th of March, they play the Jazz. Then they go to Houston on the 29th, come back to Memphis and play Utah again on the 31st. That's going to be brutal. The Jazz have the best record in basketball for a reason. They're a good team, good defensive team. They have a defensive anchor in Rudy Gobert. It's going to be brutal. It's going to be insane. 
you know, that that's one of the, the big things that's driving their strength of schedule up is those, that, those three games right there with Utah. Later on in the season, in April, starting from the 16th through the 26th, they've got a seven-game road t- trip that is going to be rough. They start off in Chicago. That's a winnable game for the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies, no doubt in my mind, can beat the the Bulls. Then from Chicago, the next night they go to Milwaukee. That's a short trip. That's no big deal. But they go Bulls, Bucks, Nuggets, Clippers, Portland back-to-back, and they end the seven-game road trip with Denver. Denver is not playing all that well right now, but the Denver Nuggets are a good team, and that is going to be ridiculous that seven game stretch right there they could go one and six in that stretch easily could go one and six in that stretch and what does that mean you know they get to that point in the season that's a little bit later in the season they're still going to be you're looking mid mid april on that one so you got a whole month of basketball before then but let's say let's say for example that the Grizzlies maintain 500 basketball until they get to that point. So they get to April 16th. They're setting at 500. And then they go on the seven-game road trip. That's seven. That it, It's nuts, man. It's, it's in. I don't understand why they had to hit a trip like this. Their, their longest homestand is four games. It happens... Looks like twice in the schedule, once in March, and then four of their last five games of the season are at home. But this seven-game road trip in April, this is sink or swim time, baby. This is where the rubber meets the road. Whatever cliche you want to throw out there, this is it. This will make or break the Memphis Grizzlies. They, it, It's possible... It's not an easy stretch before they get to there. And the games that they play before getting to that seven-game road stretch, you're looking at the Nuggets, the Suns, Miami, Golden State twice, Boston, Utah three times, the 76ers, Miami again, the Pacers, and Dallas. So in the games before that seven-game road trip, you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine teams that are clear-cut playoff teams. And also in that stretch, you've got the Knicks, which is generally not a big deal. Recent history would be like, oh, the Knicks, psh, no big deal. That's not the case this year. The Knicks are playing basketball like a franchise that wants to win. Who would have thunk it? The Knicks are in seventh place in the East right now. The record is worse than the Grizzlies, but only slightly, 15 and 17. Grizzlies are 13 and 14. So the Knicks with Thibodeau are definitely not a pushover. You look at that stretch, they got the Wizards. Wizards are playing good basketball right now. You're getting them early after the break. That's a winnable game. They're probably beating Oklahoma City. 
No telling what's going to happen. Al Horford's contract is a little big. I really don't think that you see him move this season. I believe it's next season before he gets out of there. Probably during the offseason. Becomes an expiring contract. Makes it a little bit easier to move. And that's what the Thunder done with Chris Paul. Flipped him. Worked out pretty well for him. But anyway, winnable game. So, the Wizards, winnable game. They got the Nuggets. That's a tough game. OKC, game that they can win. Phoenix has played them tough. Miami's a good team. Golden State, you never know what's going to show up there. Boston, title contender. Utah for three games. Houston is a game that they could win. Minnesota is terrible this year. What is the deal with the coaching stuff? That's just bizarre, man. I I don't even know what to say about that other than it's you fire a guy and you have his full-time replacement hired within hours. Something fishy there. But anyway, back to it. Utah three times in there. The Sixers, Miami again at Miami this time. Atlanta, who we have lost to this year. Indiana, playoff team. Dallas, likely a playoff team. And they just beat the crap out of the Grizzlies. And then you hit this road, the the seven-game road trip. It's not likely... But it is quite possible that by the time the Grizzlies reach this seven-game road trip, that they are buried and outside of this play-in. There is a chance of that happening. What does that mean for Grizzlies fans? What does that mean for you guys? Holler at me. Holler at the show. You can get the show on Twitter, at HootballGrizz. I'm at DWill2111. I want to know, if the Memphis Grizzlies get to this seven-game road trip, and they're buried. Let's say that they finish the season outside of the play-in. They're not going to be at the bottom of the West because the Timberwolves are not climbing any this year. The Timberwolves are not interested in climbing. They've got a pick that is traded as protected top three. They're going to tank their freaking butts off, and they're in a good spot to tank, too. The Timberwolves got a tough schedule, too. The T-Wolves are setting at fourth. They're the fourth toughest schedule for the rest of the season. You best believe that D'Angelo Russell is not coming back to play any kind of significant minutes. That team is tanking. They want to keep that pick. They know the talent that's in the top of this draft. They want to try to get into the top three. The Grizzlies are not doing that. The Grizzlies are not tanking. But what happens? Get at me on Twitter. Holler at me. I want to know from you guys if the Memphis Grizzlies finish this season, say, at the 12th seed in the West. I don't know who else would climb over them. You've got Sacramento that looks good for a certain stretch, and then the wheels fell off of it. New Orleans, which has beat Memphis and looked good against Memphis. And then tonight, as I'm recording this, they're losing 
to the Detroit Pistons without Jeremy Grant. New Orleans, what the hell is that? They may turn it around. There's still time. They may end up winning that game. But how are you even behind to the Detroit Pistons G League team and they're missing Jeremy Grant? Anyway, not going to bash them too much. Grizzlies cannot beat them. That is our unicorn. But if the Pelicans jump the Grizzlies, move up into 10, Grizzlies fall back to 11. OKC is not that far down. Sacramento is not that far down. And then you got Houston. And then there's a giant layer pile of crap. Maybe three or four layers of crap. And then you have the Minnesota Timberwolves. They may not win 10 games this year. They are t- so they've had some misfortune. Carl Anthony Towns has missed time. COVID, other injuries. They're missing D'Lo. So yeah, you know they they've been unfortunate. They took Anthony Edwards. He's played well at times. He's looked better lately. I'm still not high on him. Not going to be high on him. But is it a bad thing? for the Grizzlies to finish outside of this play-in tournament. If the Grizzlies are in the lottery, that's not bad news. There are a number of guys, a pretty large number of guys in this draft that can help the Grizzlies and that would be a great fit. Cade Cunningham is obviously top dog. There's a very, very strong chance somebody is going to have to do something spectacular to jump him for the number one overall pick. But outside of him, there's still plenty of guys. There's there's a ton of guys that could help this Grizzlies team. Jonathan Kuminga, six foot eight small forward. Evan Mobley, seven foot center. Get you a guy in the middle to play alongside Jaron. I still like BC coming off the bench. I know the dream would be Jaron at the five, BC at the four. Here's my concern with that. Does Jaron have the size to play the five? He does. 100% has a size to play the five. When you're playing a more physical big man, the likes of Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, Nikola Vucevic, when you're playing a more physical big man, Jaron's going to have to work harder on the defensive end, and you want Jaron to be your spark on the offensive end. So I like Jaron guarding the four much better than I like Jaron guarding the five. Could you swap the two? Could you let BC guard the five and Jaron stay on the four? Depending. It is a possibility. But I wouldn't mind the Grizzlies having a big man of the future that would be down there that can rebound, 
can be a defensive presence and can take on the workload of guarding the other team's big man, regardless of how physical he is, and keep Jaron away from that. So maybe Evan Mobley is that guy. Maybe Evan Mobley is the pick. That's what the Grizzlies look at. You got Jalen Green playing well, G League Ignite team. Jonathan Kuminga is his teammate right now. That they're Cade Cunningham. Jalen Suggs is a guy that's playing well at Gonzaga. Jalen Suggs is 6'4", and he's not really a fit for the Grizzlies. You take best available. If Jalen Suggs is the one that's there when it gets to the Grizzlies, I don't know what they do, but there's a guy, you know, Moses Moody, shooting guard from Arkansas. Scotty Barnes, small forward, Florida State. Plenty of guys. Plenty of guys out there coming out of this 21 NBA draft. If the Grizzlies end up in this lottery, they could come in and make an immediate impact for the Memphis Grizzlies. So I can run it down. I, I don't really know that anybody wants to sit and listen to me run down the games in the order with all the dates. But I'm just going to run down. I'm not going to give you all the dates. It starts off like this. You got the Wizards Nuggets at home. OKC and Phoenix on the road. Heat back-to-back Golden State Boston at home. Four-game road trip. Thunder, Jazz twice, Houston. And then look out. You got Utah, Minnesota at home. So you play all three of your games against Utah in a five-day period. Crazy. They go back on the road after the T-Wolves at home. They've got the Sixers, Miami, Atlanta, and the Knicks. Come back home for Indiana, Chicago, Dallas. Then they hit their big road trip. Chicago, Milwaukee, Denver, Clippers, Two at Portland, back to Denver. You play Portland twice, Denver twice, one of the top seeds in the East, and the Clippers. In a seven-game road trip, that is in-freaking-sane. Unbelievable. That is going to be brutal. That's If they come out of that, man, seven-game road trip, and six of the seven teams are playoff teams, and one, two, you can argue four, but really only three, but we'll say four just for the sake of saying four, four title contenders and a seven-game road trip. Going to be a very, very tough task for the Grizzlies. They finish up the road trip. They come back home. They have Portland. And the Magic, then they go to Orlando, back home for the Knicks, on the road for Minnesota, Detroit, and Toronto. And their last five games, four at home, they play the Pelicans, the Mavericks, then two against Sacramento, and they end the season at Golden State. So what happens to this team? Where are they at? They end with two games. You have two games against the Kings at home, and then you travel to Golden State. What type of Golden State team are you facing at that point? 
Is everybody healthy for the Grizzlies? What kind of chemistry have they built? Do you know which parts are the parts that you're keeping moving forward? What Grizzlies are getting moved before the trade deadline? Gorgie, probably gone. Is Kyle gone? Is Tyus gone? Who are the Grizzlies moving? Kyle Anderson has looked fantastic this season. If I'm a playoff team and I'm looking for a piece and I need somebody to help push me over the edge, I'm calling the Memphis Grizzlies about Kyle Anderson. He doesn't fit the time window for the Grizzlies. And Isaac's probably going to drag me for this one. Isaac loves Kyle. I love Kyle. And for what he's done for the Grizzlies this year, this is not me saying, oh, they need to trade Kyle. But facts are facts. Kyle Anderson is not a young guy. He doesn't fit the championship window. He's a great piece to have. And dear Lord, the Grizzlies would be some kind of awful this year if they didn't have him. But if a team comes offering you a first-round pick, a young guy, somebody that you have interest in, who knows? Who You know, Denver doesn't have enough right now. Denver has got to make a move. If the Nuggets do not make a move, they're in trouble. They're not winning the title, and they want to win the title. That team is built to win the title, but they don't have enough. They've got to get another piece. Is Kyle Anderson that piece? Who knows? I don't know that he's enough to push them over the edge. Maybe their front office thinks that he is. Maybe it's not the Nuggets. Maybe it's somebody else. I honestly do not know. I can throw a bunch of names out there and make up a bunch of trade machine trades of, you know, this is what we're doing. But it's all guesswork. The bottom line, the Grizzlies have a brutal schedule moving forward for the rest of this season. And there's a lot of stuff that this front office and this coaching staff needs to learn about this roster and the pieces that that they have. Will we get everybody healthy enough to see what we've got, what pieces click, what pieces don't, who's expendable, who are they keeping moving forward, who are they trading moving forward, what's going to happen? By the time we reach the end of this season, this Grizzlies roster will look different. There's going to be some guys gone. And I say guys with an S because I think that it is more than one. I believe that more than one guy gets moved in either a combo trade. I find it hard to believe that they just like one for one a guy. I I don't think that that that's happening but, you know, maybe in the, the, the Gorgie trade, you, you know, it's Gorgie and somebody else. Can't tell you who it's going to be at this point. I'm not really going to speculate because they're still trying to figure this out. They're still trying to determine who is going to plug in and who's going to fit. So buckle up. Put your big boy, big girl pants on. And get ready for who knows what for the rest of this season. There's going to be times when I get on this podcast and I'm going to be 
fired up because the Grizzlies should have won this game. It will happen. I'm still invested in this team. I'm still going to be invested. I still want to see this team win. Would love to see them make the playoffs for the experience. But if they miss the playoffs, it is not the end of the world. I've said that a, a number of times on this show. But it's really not that they're the top end of this draft is pretty deep. And I think missing the playoffs this season may possibly get the Grizzlies the third wheel, if you want to call it that, to pair with John Jaron. Love Brandon Clark. I want him to be a part of this team moving forward. I'm hoping that they get somebody in the draft so you don't see Brandon Clark packaged for this is the guy that we need to win a title. So that's it. It's a brutal schedule. 40 games, 68 days. I didn't look through every team's schedule, but I would be willing to bet you that there is not a tougher seven-game stretch on the road for anybody else in the league. And if it is, I feel sorry for that team. Dear Lord, Milwaukee Bucks, the Denver Nuggets twice, the Trailblazers twice. And by that time, the Trailblazers may be healthy. You may see Nurk back by this time. You may have a healthy Trailblazers team by the end of April. The Clippers. Man, insane seven-game road trip. Then they don't even really get the rest after that. They got two home games and they're back on the road again. So what do you guys think? What's going to happen? I gave my season prediction in our season preview show. And I had the Grizzlies finishing under 500. I'm almost certain I've got it written down somewhere. I didn't bring the, I didn't pull the note up. I'm going to dig into that. I'll have that for the post game. We'll be back tomorrow. The Grizzlies are playing at home against the Clippers. Jenkins said today that he coached Jenkins said today that he thinks that uh, DB is going to be good to go and they're going to need it. The Clippers are a tough team. Kawhi, Paul George, Pat Bev, Lou Williams, a lot of guards on that team that can, uh, can score the ball, score it well. Going to need every wing defender that they can find to get out there and see what they can do. Pray that they play better defense than what they did against the Mavericks. Some people's like, well, they held, they held them to 102. Yeah. No, I, don't, I mean, I don't. yeah, they didn't score a ton. They didn't put 140 up on them. Yeah, the Mavs didn't hang 140, but the defense was still not good. If you think it was, I believe that we were watching different games. Second half of this schedule is going to be brutal for the Grizz. Will be extremely hard for this team to maintain 500 basketball with the way that this schedule is laid out. We're going to get out of here. Holler at me on Twitter. Let me know what you think. I want to see some predictions. May even do a giveaway. Hmm. We are. We're going to do a giveaway. I'm not going to tell you what it is tonight. 
I'm going to sit down. I'm going to think about it. We're going to have a big giveaway. We'll promote it. I want to give people an opportunity, predict the Grizzlies' record moving forward in these last games, last 40 games. Whoever gets it correct or or gets closest, we will have a giveaway. We'll have a prize for you. So go find the show on Twitter. It is at HootballGrizz. I'm at DWill2111. Sam is at SammyB1118. Isaac, I'm giving you his Twitter handle on most of the shows. Isaac has been on a ton of shows with me. Appreciate the heck out of him. Couldn't be here tonight. He covers the Tigers. So he had to be on the post-game presser for the Tigers game. I really wanted to do this one with Isaac, but it is what it is. Go find us. Get after it. Good luck to the Grizz with their second half, especially during that seven-game road trip. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, go Grizz. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.